discovered an important note from space. The Martians plan to throw a dance for all the human Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. Uh, in this uh, podcast, we read through the works of Philip K. Dick, and um, I'll give my commentary on them story by story and eventually chapter by chapter when we get to the novels. Um, so this episode will be on Martians Come in Clouds. Uh, this story was first published in Fantastic Universe in June and July of 1953. Uh, this is a straight-up science fiction story, and it's a, it's a doozy, I think. Uh, I kind of maybe overly praise Philip Kiddick's stories, but this one definitely has a lot of um, works on a couple levels at least, and um, is an important read. Uh, you can find it in the second volume of the collected works of Philip K. Dick, the, the one titled We Can Remember It For You Wholesale, which, which is, of course is the story that inspired the, the movie Total Recall, at least partially. Okay, so what's the plot of this, this story? Um, it's it's interesting. It's it's about Martians who come, and um, they're not invaders. They're not bringing great wisdom. Um, they're actually a completely different sort of entity. Uh, so we got a character, Ted Barnes. He arri He discusses the arrival of another cloud of Martians, um, and some of these like landed on the neighbors' roofs. Uh, sometimes they land in like the trees. They kind of just plop onto suburban communities. Um, it seems that's what these Martians do. They're not really, I guess, very, they're conscious. They're kind of just blobs of things. Um, they're gray blobs. They don't have any clear shape. They just kind of land from space. Um, this concept of, of aliens as just amoebas or blobs or jellyfish kind of things comes up again in, a, in the story uh, the world that Jones made and, and we'll say a lot more about it then but um, it, it's kind of a interesting idea and I, I don't know when this has first been explored I, I you know Dick has been the, the first to think of alien invasions in this way now usually when they come they're just commonly destroyed as any kind of trash or riffraff almost like a storm comes through and it has to be you know have to have cleanup after the storm they're destroyed as soon as they land by mobs of local people, though. It's not like a cleanup crew. It's actually mobs. Ted informs his son Jimmy about the arrival of a cloud of, of these Martians called buggies. They come every few years in large clouds of hundreds. Ted warns his son to stay away from them if he ever sees them, and he should run away and find help instead. Um, this is a bit interesting because they don't seem to be harmful. They seem to actually be pretty harmless. They, they just kind of land somewhere and, and sort of sit there and, and die out, eventually dry out. Now, on his way out, Jimmy sees hundreds of people mulling around the, the neighbor's lawn, the Johnson lawn, um, the Johnson house. He talks with his classmates about the discovery and destruction of the buggy that's going on, and that's what the mob is there for. Jimmy mentions that he would like to see one of these buggies, but his friends think he will just run away if he ever sees one, that he'll be too frightened. Now, after walking away, he notices something moving in an evergreen tree. And on closer inspection, it does appear to be an old and decaying buggy, but still alive. And so you have this living creature, but it's just this great blob in a tree, sort of still moving, um, but decaying. It's pretty gross imagery. His first impression is, in fact, to run for help, but the buggy begins to reach out to his mind, sending images. So now we learn something new about them. While they appear as just these gross bugs, they actually have the ability to communicate with, with humans telepathically. 
So they are perhaps intelligent creatures. The first image he gets is of massive deserts. The next image he gets in his mind is of a buggy living in an underground chamber. And the next image is Earth with his inviting oceans. And the final image is of buggies living on the surface of the oceans in large disks. So what this is clearly is the buggy trying to communicate to Jimmy, to the humans, what it is they want. Now does this just happen to Jimmy or does it happen to all the humans that they interact with? You know, I'm, I'm not sure, but we learn at this moment that they are refugees. The, the buggy is asking the humans to use the water as their new home because their own planet, Mars, has long been dried up and they're helpless. So these are refugees. These are, you know, illegal immigrants. Um, freed from these images, Jimmy then finally asks for help. The crowd gathers, the police arrive, and they decide they need to get a pole. Using the pole, using gasoline, and using fire, the mob dislodges and finally kills the buggy. Um, Ted Barnes is very proud of how his son was brave in the face of the buggy and Ted's friends praise his son as well for his bravery. Okay, so what do we make of this? Well, in obviously in the days of Trump, uh, this story is significant for us. Um, I also think, well, I'm not sure he had illegal immigration in mind. That wasn't such an issue in 1953. You didn't even have immigration, the reform that kind of opened up the American borders more broadly until until 1965, I think it was. So it's not really a, much of a concern. Now, there was like the Bracero program and other um, immigration from Latin America prior to this, uh, during World War II in, in particular. But I'm not sure how much this was on, on Philip Kiddick's mind in this, this story. Um, what I think is probably more in his mind was, was lynching, as I'll get to in a, in, in a bit. But anyways... But of course, people reading this today in the days of Trump will, of course, want to think about illegal immigrants and how we treat refugees and people who are in need of, of the help of the richer countries of the world. Martians Comes in Clouds is a story of an alien species arriving on Earth, specifically the suburban section of America. They don't come to the cities. Now, I don't, I, you know, I think in the story, in the plot itself, it sounds like they don't have much control about where they go. They just land somewhere and... They hope to land in the oceans, but instead they land in these suburban communities, which are sprawling throughout much of America. Actually, in many desert areas at the time, in the post-war era, you have the development of the Sunbelt cities. So why the Martians would come to suburbs, which aren't always the wettest parts of the country, certainly, is a bit interesting. But they're fleeing from some massive ecological catastrophe on their home planet. So there's an ecological narrative here, too, we should keep in mind. Desiring to share the resources of the planet, live innocuously on the oceans, um, they're basically a harmless force. But whenever they arrive, they're confronted by mobs of indifferent and xenophobic people living in suburbs. They use violence to kill the few that arrive locally. They train their children in how to do this violence. It's an important part of the upbringing of this generation is killing buggies. Uh, he's praised for pointing it out and taught how to deal with buggies when he sees them in the future. From a very young age, the children are taught not to have any sympathy or remorse for these visitors. Um, Dick was writing this story at a time when white suburban communities were engaged in resistance against integration efforts. Um, you know, you had the beginning of the civil rights movement, of course. Uh, it didn't really take off yet, and we don't have the mass resistance of the South and the Southern Manifesto uh, for a few years yet. But certainly you had lynching, and Dick would have been aware of, of lynching. Now, this 
resistance to integration was not only a phenomenon of the Jim Crow South, but it was a nationwide phenomenon that affected suburban areas in particular. Signs that said we don't want colored people in our neighborhoods were, were not uncommon and certainly had a major role in the urban crisis that developed in the post-war years, making the cities poor as the center of the country kind of moved more to the suburbs. Through things like redlining, white-controlled homeowner associations, discriminatory lending, and rental practices, suburbanites worked very hard to keep blacks and other minorities out of their communities. We see the image of their victories celebrated with no less frightening displays um, than we see at the end of this story. And of course, the imagery of mob actions, the polls, the fire, the trees, the shouting crowds, the police indifference, the support for vigilante activity certainly suggests the racial violence of the first half of the 20th century and throughout the civil rights era. In short, we're talking here about a lynching. And that's what takes place. We have a helpless visitor landing in a suburban area, lynched by a mob of, of white suburbanites. We observe these aliens trying to reach out to our character, Jimmy, our young man, using some sort of psychic connection. It's not clear if the aliens have tried to do this with others, though. If they had, it makes the xenophobia of the adults all the more disgusting. Um, everyone would know that the buggies are harmless refugees from a planet much less pleasant environmentally in need of aid. As disgusting as this makes Ted Barnes and the others, um, it... You know, this may be what's really happening, that in the face of, of need, in face of this clear helplessness and harmlessness of these aliens, they still respond to them with, someone get a poll. Ted warns Jimmy against getting close to them, suggesting he knows that if he gets too close to them, he'll be exposed to their story. Quote, listen to me. I'm telling you this so you can stay away from them. If you see one of them, you turn around and run as fast as you can. You hear? Don't go near it. Stay away. Don't pay any attention to it. End quote. The last part of this is said after a reflective pause. Does Ed know they communicate or are the creatures... Um, or does he know that the creatures can inspire empathy? And it seems it does. Now, in the end, Jimmy's training, his upbringing wins out. What, and, of course, the loser is the buggies. So in this sense, it's a very difficult story to read. It's, it's quite um, brutal in its depiction of racial violence and xenophobia and the closed-off nature of suburbia. Um, but that's what Dick thinks of the suburbs, and he's going to remind us of this again and again in his work. The suburbs are not a pleasant place at all. Well, um, that does it for The Martians Come in Clouds. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments on this, if, if do you agree that this story is connected to lynching and, and the white reaction of, of the white suburban reaction to integration and uh, the civil rights movement and, and things like that? Uh, if you have other interpretations, please let me know. You can leave a comment here or you can write me at 100pagescast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time where we'll be looking at Dick's rewriting of the Hansel and Gretel story in The Cookie Lady. <laughs>